Hey, I'm Dr. Judy, and welcome to Supercharged Life, where I help you discover new ways to create success, wellness, and fulfillment, and give you tangible tools to supercharge your life. Today, we're going to talk about innovative ways to cultivate healthy habits and experience more joy in the process. In just a couple of minutes, I'm going to introduce you to our guest today, who is an amazing expert in helping people ditch what he calls failure habits and lock into success habits and build momentum. This is a process that can totally transform your life. But first, let's talk about habits and how they're formed. Healthy habits can feel tough to establish at first, but once you get into it, it's truly easy as one, two, three. By making some small shifts in your mindset and dedicating yourself to positive change, you can turn around your physical health, mental health, and ways in which you work and interact with others and live your life in general. So what are habits exactly? Habits are just routines that you repeat without thinking. You use all kinds of habits throughout the day, like brushing your teeth, making coffee or tea, washing dishes, getting dressed, driving to and from work, and getting ready for bed. You've done them for a long time. They become habits, and so you don't give them a lot of consideration as they have become automated with repetition. But habits are a double-edged sword. The longer you repeat bad habits, like staying up too late, smoking, eating poorly, or neglecting regular exercise, the more they become ingrained. It takes conscious effort to disengage from them and replace them with healthier approaches. So the key to developing positive habits and routines is to methodically and thoughtfully replace harmful habits with good ones, especially healthy habits that are aligned with your deepest values. This helps you to feel a profound sense of meaningfulness and joy, despite the struggles you may experience in the process of cultivating change. Over time, as you achieve the goals you've set for yourself and automate these new healthier habits, eventually they become the new normal. You do them without thinking, and they begin to reap amazing benefits that you and others will appreciate. And bonus, you'll feel so much better about yourself and boost your confidence and self-esteem in the process. And when you feel good about yourself, you're much more likely to have positive outcomes for yourself and have so much more to give others as well. And this is why I'm so pumped to chat with my guest today. He has an incredible personal story, and he has so much wisdom to share. Will Moore is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, host, life coach, and happiness expert. After exiting his delivery startup for $323 million in 2019, he's made it his mission to help others become an entrepreneur of the most important business they'll ever run, their life. Will gamifies this process by using the latest in science and technology to reduce the friction of replacing what he calls failure habits with success habits in the five core areas of life we all share to build positive momentum. Can't wait to hear more about the fascinating work from the amazing Will Moore. Welcome to the show. Wow, that was uh, unbelievable intro. I've done a lot of shows. I think you did the, the best job out of anybody I've ever anybody I've ever been on in terms of um, just getting getting the message across about what habits are. You did a really great job setting that up. You did some of my work for me, so I appreciate it. I can focus <laughs> on the goodies. Well, thank you so much, Will. And I think that we're both passionate about this project and this idea, this project of life, this idea of establishing healthier habits, but also achieving what true happiness means. And that was what was so intriguing about your work. I think In our society, people chase this idea of happiness, but oftentimes it might not be the right kind of happiness. And 
that's why I thought that your work was so inspirational because you really break it down and you talk about how we can experience true joy and also feel really great about what we're doing every day. So let's start with your personal story and what got you so passionate about the work that you're doing now? You know, my story was growing up, uh, my mom was an alcoholic. Um, she was verbally, physically abusive. My parents got divorced when, when I was very young. They were hippies. Um, we were living in Hawaii, so that was neat. Um, but I, you know, I was, I was so young. I didn't really realize at the time the, the beauty and the splendor it was more like the, the bad things kind of going around me. And then we moved around a lot. We actually, we moved to Washington DC where my, my mom's parents were to get some help. Um, I was, I was an outsider there. Um, I guess back up when I was at Hawaii, I was also an outsider cause we lived in a poor area and in Hawaii, uh, we were actually the only white kids in, in the school. It was all, you know, the local, the locals. And, you know, we kind of didn't quite fit in, but we started to make our niche. And then it was like, we were yanked, put into DC. And then it was the opposite where we were like in this nicer suburb area where we were getting help from my mom's parents. Um, but I was like this little, you know, pigeon speaking, long haired, overall wearing <laughs> chubby kid that I think the other kids were like, what's happening here? They, they had a trouble. So I just kind of, by the time I got to college, I was your typical victim. Um, I never fully found my groove. Stella didn't find her groove. You know, confidence was at an all time low. I was actually suicidal by the time I got to college. Um, and I had a moment where I serendipitously, I kind of threw myself into studies because there wasn't really anything else to do. I didn't get into the fraternity. Every single person on my freshman hall got into a fraternity. And this sounds like, you know, rich people problems, I'm sure to, to a lot of people. But at the time, that was my reality. It was like you either get into one or you're a social pariah. And I didn't get into one. I literally remember hiding in my room and turning off the lights. Cause I was so embarrassed if somebody was going to knock on the door and be like, Hey, Will, what'd you get into? You know? So I just threw myself into studies thinking, okay, that's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I got to focus on something. And one of my favorite professors happened to kind of on a side note, just happened to say, Hey, there's this book I read that changed my life. You should check it out. It was Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people which today, today still holds up, it was written back in the 40s, still holds up as an amazing. Totally relevant. So it had an impact when he said that. And I immediately like didn't hear another word he said throughout the rest of the lecture, ran to the library and just devout. They had, they fortunately had the book, devoured it. And that was kind of the pivotal moment in my life where I'm like, okay, there's a different way to look at the world. There's these principles that I wasn't really tapped into or aware of. And if I can just focus on these live my life around them, build my actions and what I would later come to realize are my habits around them. Um, then I may have something pretty sweet here. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morph. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast criminology launched in 2017. We've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now, and new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. What an amazing story to dig into because there's so much there, and I really appreciate you sharing sort of your childhood and all of those things that really influenced you to look for something more as an adult and really think about well, what does this really 
what does this really all mean? And how can I actually achieve success and happiness at the same time? But I would imagine that, again, when we were younger, I think that our idea of success is sort of much more simplistic. Or maybe we look at somebody's life and we think, oh my gosh, you know, they're rich, they're famous. This means that they're happy. And obviously that's not really the case. And Case in point, well, you ended up building a really successful company and you exited it for a whopping 323 million just a couple of years ago. But what did you realize in that entire process? Right. So, you know, where I left off in my story was about 25 years ago in college. And, you know, it's it was basically just I decided I'm going to use myself as a human science experiment. I'm, I became an insatiable self-help beast, just reading everything I could get my hands on. Like I said, I just was determined to figure out what happiness was, what these universal principles that you can't cheat, you know, you can for a short period of time, but eventually they're going to catch up to you. And I was mm-hmm. like, I just, I want them all. I want to know them all. And I want to live my life around them. And so one of the things that I got into, which I, you know, this, these five core areas I discuss weren't something that I knew back then. It's, it's, it's evolved and it's turned into the, where I realized these, there's five main areas of every single person's life that we need to continually find balance in, grow, set goals in, and you know continue and try to build momentum in. And at the time, career and finances was at the top of my radar because you know the old mm-hmm. revenge story of, well, I'm going to become so stinking rich that everybody <laughs> that was ever mean to me is going to feel so bad, right? Right. <laughs> So I, you know, I started reading books like Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I remember was a game changer. I started learning about passive income generators, like how to make money, whether you're working for it or not, how to use the law of compounding through real estate, the stock market, these types of things, and how to, you know, how to start run a business. And that's what I did. And, you know, we, we started in 2000, I actually did was successful in the real estate field. I still have rental properties in Winter Park, Florida, where I was living and where I went to school um, to this day. But I pivoted into once the real estate crash actually happened in 2007, I was like, okay, well, this is no longer viable. I need to switch gears. And that's when I said, okay, all these condos just went up in Orlando all around me. What do all these people need? They need food. They need to eat. And so we started this company way before Uber Eats, DoorDash, Grubhub, all these big guys now that people, most people have heard of, um, but we bootstrapped it. It was me and a couple partners and we just did it, did it with our own money and we didn't raise money and we just did it very slowly. And then over the course of 10 years, it just grew into this, this huge thing. And we were the largest in the Southeast, but then these companies like Grubhub, DoorDash, and then came along, they had billions of dollars. We couldn't compete. So that's when we decided to exit. Got it. Yeah. And you know, I think, What is really cool about what you're telling me too, is that you just took it upon yourself to learn all of these different methods to really educate yourself so that you can become a knowledgeable, successful businessman. You were able to turn your ideas into a concrete and amazing company that eventually you exited from, but What did you learn in that process? I know that something that you had said is, oh yeah, I'm going to get back at these people for being mean to me. And Mm -hmm. if I become really successful in a way that uh, apparently society recognizes as successful, which of course, a lot of times does have to do with money, um, then they're all going to be so sorry that they weren't nicer to me when we were younger, right? But but what did you really learn about true happiness in, in that process? Great question. And that's, that's when these five cores started to sort of 
sort of develop in my brain. And again, I, I wasn't consciously being like, okay, there's this core, this core, but I was aware of my physical health. I was aware of my mindset. I was aware of my relationships. I was aware, as we just discussed my career in finance, the importance, not just in making a ton of money, but really the true, true wealth, true, true happiness, true, true success is, is figuring out something that with all of your soul, like in here, you're like, okay, this is something that I love to do. I'm super passionate about it. Like get you, you know, get you excited, revs your engines. And I always tell people, I recommend, you know, that it's one of your strengths as well. Um, you can go the, the way of, you know, just being super passionate, but you know, my extreme example is always, you know, you can't be an NBA player if you're five, three, even though you love basketball. So to reduce the friction, to make it easier and not fight uphill, pick the things that you're, you know, you're really good at and that you, you're also super passionate. And at the time starting a business and I was really good with, with sales and with people. And I was developing all these skills through all these books I was reading and relationships. And what I came to find out, you know, years later, when I did sell the business is I succeeded not because I just focused on the career in finance and pushed everything else out, like my physical health, my relationships, my emotional health, the giving back side of it. Um, again, the mindset, like those things were all actually, I, I realized I came to be firing on all cylinders at a certain point in my life where I was paying attention to all those areas and making sure that I was continually growing and building momentum. And they actually are what helped my career in finance project forward as well, ironically, whereas a lot of people think, well, you know, to get ahead, you know, and they just focus on the career and the finance side and they end up neglecting these other areas. And I'm here to tell you right now, we got a check. It wasn't 323 million that we sold for because at, the, at that time we had already, um, we got investors and we merged with another company. So it was still, but it was a sizable, sizable enough check where I didn't have to work for the rest of my life. And what I knew in the background was gonna happen in the back of my mind was going to happen is exactly what did happen, which was, it felt fantastic for like a couple of weeks where I was like, Oh, it was like this huge anchor off my shoulder, this business I've been building. But then it was like, now what? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what people don't understand. What people think is that there's like this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Once they, if they could only, right. If only, if only I could make enough money, they think that it's like getting there and they just kind of do this tunnel vision, avoid, all the stuff in the meantime. And then once you actually get there, yeah, it feels good for a second, but then it's like, okay, what's next? And mm. there's always, if you don't have the values implanted and if you don't know what actually makes you happy and you're not also taking action on those in the other areas of your life, you're going to find yourself screwed. Well, I'm so glad that you're sharing the story and that you're bringing up this concept of values because what I see a lot of people experience is exactly what you described, which is this idea of what I call the post goal blues. Like you're working toward your goal, you're charging ahead full steam. And then when you reach it, people sometimes feel kind of empty. Like, uh, like you were saying now what, or wow, like I'm a little down today. How's that possible? I actually just reached this huge goal I've been working towards for years. And I think it's a common experience and people don't really know how to deal with that. And, and they wonder what's wrong with them, but there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that goals without being tethered to values, they're just not going to feel meaningful. And it's not going to give you this sort of sense of 
eudaimonic happiness, right? So there's that hedonic happiness that we're all after sometimes. It's like eating a great meal, the first few moments of a vacation, your first big paycheck. But then what about all of those other moments of your life and the process? And that's what I really love about your work and you talking about this concept of momentum and how everybody can start to use this idea of momentum to start changing what you call your failure habits into success habits to build a more meaningful and joyful life. So can you explain that concept to me and how you've been able to teach people to utilize that? Yeah, well, you hit it on the head. You know, it, it's it's that space in between. So if you were to look at like, so there, there's this, I'll briefly tell you this thing I discovered years and years ago. It was an app and said the meaning of life. And I was like, hmm, what is this? And you, you clicked on it and it literally was just one picture. And at the top, mm-hmm. it says we strive for more. And then there's a half circle arrow pointing down. It says because. And then at the bottom, it says we feel dissatisfied. And then there's another half yeah. circle going back up to um, we strive for more. So we strive for more because we feel dissatisfied. Because we feel dissatisfied, we strive for more. And it's this uh, never-ending loop. And at mm-hmm. first that sounded, I was like, that's depressing. Like we're never gonna be happy. <laughs> but what we were just talking about fits exactly in that. And if you understand that, you can actually use that to your benefit in life, knowing that basically as human it's in our nature to never be satisfied. We're always going to need to have goals that we're setting. So you can't get complacent. You can't just get that big pile of money and then go sit and drink pina coladas for the rest of your life. It doesn't work that way. You're going to feel dissatisfied. You got to say, okay, what's going on in my relationships? What's going on with my physical health? What's going on? You got to set goals in all these areas. And if you want to continue to, to continue to grow your money and your wealth through your, the business you're doing, that's fine. As long as it's not, you're just chasing more for the sake of more. Like mm-hmm. if you're like, okay, I want a goal for this. So habits, you know, you mentioned you did a great job at the beginning of the show. They don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting us. Like they're going to do their thing no matter what. So I have this thing, it's called the equation of life, which is, it's essentially, it's not, uh, it's not what I just read, but it's kind of a modified version, which is our repeated, our belief system plus our repeated actions plus time equals who we will become. And so, you know, within each of our five cores, we have a belief system. We're going to take action on those beliefs. That's going to then compound over time. And that's who we are. So if you, if you look in the mirror and you don't like who you are, you got to kind of, I do this exercise with people. It's called back to the future. You go to the end of your life and you go, okay, so what do I want said about me at my funeral in each of my five cores? Like what type of person do I want to be? Who's going to be at my funeral, right? Is it just my mom? you know, or is it a big group of people? Cause I was an awesome dude and led a good life and helped people and helped the world. And the world went, you know what, man, we're better for having you in it. Thank you. Mm. Versus dude, thank God you're gone. You suck the energy and soul out of us. So, um, yeah, the habits, it, it's what it all revolves around. And so you, you kind of go to the end and you go, okay, where am I? Then you go back to current and you say, well, what are the habits that I have in each of my cores? And what are the, I call them the failure habits that are hurting me and preventing me from reaching that goal that I just said I wanted to be at. And then what do I need to, what success habits do I need to replace them with? And I love your equation of life and how this feeds into this entire process, because what you said about belief systems and that being the start of everything in your equation is really profound because if you believe a certain thing about career and finances or about your relationships or about your physical health, that's going to lead you to failure habits if those beliefs are negative or self-defeating. And so I have, for example, patients that I work with who 
amazingly do a great job in the career and finance sector, but something about their physical health, they just don't believe that they can make change there. They have these negative beliefs they've been carrying around since they were children, and they don't even create any success habits in that area. They kind of just essentially, because their belief system is sort of like, well, this is just the body I'm born with, for example, you know, and they just kind of neglect that area of their life. And then the habits that they end up producing in that particular area of life tend to be the ones that are self-defeating and causes them to have more and more physical illness. And then that then feeds back on the beliefs. See, I knew it. I could never be that person who's healthier. I could never be that person who actually can be at a normal weight. And over time, this is who they've become. And then as that gets more and more ingrained, it's harder and harder to step out of. So what do you say to those people who have just been in these failure habits for a really long time? What do they do to start to turn it around and start firing on all cylinders as you talk about in your program? Great question. And it goes back to what I just said earlier. Habits don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting mm-hmm. us. Okay. So once we develop a habit, it our brains try to conserve energy. And because, you know, we've got a lot going on in our brains. And so it's like, once we think we've got something, our brain goes, all right, got that one. Got it. And then it's on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So, but at the end of the day, it's a front loaded process and habits can be broken. And just like those failure habits, we're building negative momentum in your life, complacency, being caught in what I call your failure loop. You can switch that and get them working for you instead of against you. And and it's not easy. Some are easier than others. There's so much research on habits. Some people like to say habits formed in 21 days, a habit's this, a habit's that. To me, every person is different. Every habit is different. You might be able to form a habit in four days. Uh, another habit might take you a month. You know, it depends on what the habit is. It depends on your personal experiences. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's that belief system. Like you just said, understanding, okay, what does my brain believe? And that's where it starts because those are the actions I'm taking that are forming these habits. So then you go, well, what do I want to believe? And again, Mm -hmm. it goes back to these principles I started this podcast with. What What are the universal principles that I know have been around since the beginning of time and are gonna be around until the end and I can hang my hat on them and I don't have to question, is that the way I should act? Is that, are those the actions I should take? And so that's what I've spent my life kind of trying to find and help people to see in each core, these are the principles, these are the actions you're going to want to take. And again, it's, it's a system that I've created because I, I hate it when people just go out and they say, you need to change your habits. Like, no, it's yeah. so hard to do. And if you don't oh. have an accountability system, a system that shines a big old spotlight on exactly every little nook and cranny that's going on in your life and within each of your cores and these failure habits that are crushing you, you're never going to change because a lot of people, a lot of us think we know what our bad habits are. Oh, I should eat better. Oh, I should, you know, I should, I should go to the gym more. Oh, I, you know, I should probably, you know, be more proactive reaching out to my friends instead of just liking their Facebook page. You know, these are all things that are, are so easy. And that's the thing about bad habits. Like, it's that low hanging fruit. They're so easy to form bad habits. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you are willing to put that work in and, and change them, and that's what I help people with, with my system, um, you know, then you get them working for instead of against you. And then it's momentum city. I love what you're saying, because I think it's all about really making it a system, really having a template, having that accountability so that you can change any self-defeating beliefs into 
good habits, real action. And of course, then it feeds on itself. The more and more you have positive habits, the more your beliefs become more positive as well. You start to feel more confident that you can make these lasting changes. So on your website, more momentum, you have this core life evaluator. Everybody can take it and see how they're doing in the five areas of life. And you've described them mindset, career and finance, physical health, relationships, and then emotional health and giving back. And I really think that you really cover the gamut here. In your work with your clients, where do you find people falling apart the most? You know, where do people have the most trouble out of those five core areas? So good question. Mindset to me is, is the mother of all your course. That's the one that to me, it's, it's the most important in a way. I hate to say that others aren't as important. So I, I kind of actually go back and forth with myself on this, but <laughs> I'll go ahead and say mindset. You got to get your mindset working for you and your mindset brief description of that core. It is, it's your attitude. It's your perception. It's your confidence. It's your overall is the glass half empty. Is it half full? Am I a, what I call a fixed victim in life or mm. a growth owner in life. A yes. fixed victim would say, poor me, my brain's broken. I was born the way I was. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, I'm just going to try to get by with as little damage as possible. Maybe I'll win the lottery someday. Right. And this was more, this was me in, in college. So I'm very familiar with the fixed victim. When I was suicidal, I was your, your typical fixed victim. The growth owner goes, okay, listen up and listen good people. I got strengths and I got weaknesses just like anybody else. I'm going to figure out how to outsource those weaknesses and work around them. I'm going to focus on my strengths, the thing that I'm particularly naturally good at. And then again, the passions, the things that I love, I'm going to build a plan around that. I'm going to set goals and I'm going to incorporate those into my life and obstacles are temporary roadblocks waiting for solutions. I'm going to fail forward. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm not saying you're going to jump up and down when it happens, but it's going to be a quicker process versus being a fixed victim going, ah, see, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do it. I knew it was too hard. I, you know, and making excuses for why you're not going to continue to take action and move forward. No, the persistence, the perseverance, and just not taking no for an answer. That's a huge part of being a growth owner and just saying, look, I'm on this path. Life's not easy. I'm going to hit a lot of bumps. I'm going to have a lot of failures, but as long as I continue to grow and become bigger, better, faster, stronger, smarter, each step of the way then I've already won, mm -hmm. right? And so that's the mindset. And, and to me, when you get that going for you, everything becomes incrementally easier. It becomes easier to build your physical health, your relationships, your career and your finances, your emotional health and giving back. Cause you have this attitude in life, which is basically like, look out people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I know what I want. I know how to get there and I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm not perfect. I have weaknesses like everybody else. Let's figure out how to work around that. Especially in this day and age with sites like Fiverr and Upwork, like you can find anybody to, to get to work on the stuff, but it starts with figuring out, you got to, again, shining that spotlight. You got to know what your strengths are. You got to know what your weaknesses are. And again, people tend to think they do, but it's amazing to me when I get into it with people and I make them write that list, you know, they might start off with two or three strengths. And meanwhile, my strengths list has like 25 things on it. Right. But it didn't start that way. I had been building it up over the years and it's part of my system. My process is literally reminding myself of my strengths every week. Like I review that list. And it's so it's constantly like, remember, remember how awesome you are. Remember all these things you're good at. And then remember these things that you don't want to do. So that's kind of the, the gist of that. 
I love that tip of really making contact with your strengths on a regular basis. And it's not boastful in any way because you've worked on those strengths. And that's the power of this growth mindset that you're describing. There's a lot of studies, and you may be aware of some of these, Will, that even as children, if you compliment a child and you say things like, you're so smart, um, you're so wonderful, sometimes that ends up leading them to have more of a fixed mindset. And actually that ends up limiting them in life when they've given them, for example, a whole long list of math problems. Kids who have more of a fixed mindset, they'll kind of do the easy ones because they want to be complimented for how smart they are. But the kids who have more of a growth mindset, they don't take anything for granted. So they actually challenge themselves more, do more of the difficult math problems. And yeah, they'll probably get a lot of them wrong, but then they learn something in the process. And I can say personally that the moments in which I have failed are the ones that I've walked away with the most profound learnings. I mean, you don't learn that much from being successful all the time. You really don't. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's nice. It makes you feel good, <laughs> but you don't actually learn that much about yourself and what you need to do to the, to get to the next level. And speaking about getting to the next level, I love the fact that you gamify your process because I'm a video game nerd. I've been playing games since I was five. Oh, I love I still it. Play Me too. <laughs> I yeah, I still play games today. Um, and that's one of my things that I always have to say, you know what, like only when you're done with your work, can you start that game? Because, you know, sometimes it ends up taking more time than maybe I planned for it to do. But I love the idea of gamifying your goals and gamifying self-development in general. Can you discuss your passion about that and how oh, yeah. somebody might use that? I mean, this is what's up. This is where I'm I'm trying to kind of separate myself from the rest of the herd, so to speak. Like I said, there's a million zillion, as you know, people out there that are self-proclaimed experts and say, oh, you know, and, and I, there's no bigger pet peeve than I have than people just sort of giving advice and not having practical, uh, a practical system to actually work through it and, and help the person to transform. Um, and so to me, I, you know, I've got, you were just mentioning the kids thing. I got a, a, a 19 month old and a four and a half year old, almost five. And, you know, if nothing else, I see these little guys and I'm like, oh my God, like, I just want you guys to hold on to this awesomeness that you have right now. This little human spirit coming out of every pore. Like mm -hmm. yesterday I blew in my 19 month old's face and I got this video of him. I posted it and he's just beyond joyed by discovering wind, Right. And it's like, what happened in our lives with all that good stuff? Like we were all full of wonder and passion and enthusiasm at one time. And for a lot of us, that kind of goes away, right? So it's the gamification kind of, and I'm a huge gamer as well, always have been. <laughs> it kind of brings that fun and that play back into it. Mm. And it's sort of, the gist is it's, it's helping you to reduce the friction to take the actions that are going to have these, these huge impacts on your life and help you moving towards you know, that five core life and firing on all cylinders. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways. I have different examples on my website, part of my system. Um, but the whole gist is, you know, you're, you're kind of rewarding yourself, giving yourself short-term goals for certain things. Like, so for me, it's like, okay, today, these are my top things that I need to get done. So I have my long-term, you got to have goals, 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 yes. goals, 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 oh, goals. Yeah. So with my goals, I have it broken down into the long, the mid, the short. And then for the, for the immediate, it's like, okay, today, I know these are the three things that I've determined are the most important things to do today that are going to help me get towards my short term, which then gets to my mid, which then goes to my long. Otherwise, you just run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Like, oh, I need to do this. I need, especially this day and age with everything coming at you in a million directions and every little shiny thing just wiggling itself in front of you saying, hey, look at me. You're effed if you don't have goals. So I put, I do little mini reward systems like, okay, today, if I do this, 
then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get to have my, my drink at the end of the day or, or just something silly. Or if, if by the end of the week, if I, if I get this many tasks done, which I know are, are super important, then I'm going to give myself a half day next week and go play golf with my friends or whatever it is. And just mm-hmm. little, that's just a small example, little things to trick your dog brain. Cause that's what we are people. I hate to tell it to you. <laughs> We're, we have these little dog brains that I shouldn't say little, we have dog brains and that it's like, what's next? Oh, well, yeah. you know, it's, we want that, that low hanging fruit. We want that, that biscuit, that piece of food in front of us. And it's easy. And if we don't have discipline and if we haven't, like I was talking about these values, these cores, if we don't know what makes us happy and are aware and are taking action, we're just going to start grabbing them all over the place. So you want to trick your dog brain into going, no, that's no good. That that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to taste like poop. poop. That's not a good treat. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to delay my pleasure and my gratification. I'm going to go for this treat instead, because I know that that's going to actually make me happier in the long run versus that quick, short dopamine hit. And so this is all culminating what I'm super, super, super excited about with this app that I've been working on for three years. And it gamifies the entire experience of leveling up your habits, leveling up your life, firing on all cylinders. You're this rocket ship. You've got these cores that are part of your engine. Each one is, mm-hmm. is, is one of your cores. And the idea is you need to balance them and to fire on all cylinders. If you, To get off the ground, you got to slowly start building your momentum by replacing your failure habits with success habits. Then you get to the, the moon is the first stage, then the next planet, then the next solar system, then the next galaxy. Along the way, you're meeting little aliens. You're flying through asteroid fields. You're oh having my gosh. side challenges. You're building up your ship. You're making it unstoppable. You're putting armor on it. Just like all these little, I've done a ton of research and I've looked at all the most popular games out there on iPhone and all these things. And again, I'm a gamer, so it helped. And I'm putting them all in and using these things that may, that we're addicted to, but we get no reward, real reward from other than we get these dopamine hits when we play these games. Yeah. But with mine, when you level up on screen, you're also leveling up in real life. Uh, you know what? I If you need a beta tester, Will, I'm here. I'm a gamer. That sounds <laughs> fantastic to me. But I love the idea of a leveling up in your life and sort of going for, again, as you mentioned, not the low-hanging fruits because sometimes, yes, we, we go there, you know, especially on a stressful day. It's so easy just to do the failure habits because sometimes failure habits, which I, I know we haven't touched on this piece of it, but sometimes failure habits stick because in the moment they give you an escape from a negative feeling or right. a big project you have to do. And so that kind of feels good for like the next 10 to 20 minutes. Unfortunately, that's exactly right. It's yeah. that dog brain going <laughs> and it, but then it's like, okay, what did that do for your, for your overall happiness, for your long-term happiness? You got that little short-term reward. And that's why we like to hit click on Amazon, right? And that's why we like to, 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 to see the likes on Facebook and stuff. But at the end of the day, we're becoming less happy, not more happy with technology. And technology, this is my take on technology. I love it. I've always been a techie. And, but my whole goal is to make sure that I'm using it for good versus evil. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of these guys that's going to say Mark Zuckerberg, Larry Page, they started out to be evil. But if you watch, there's a really good Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma right now. I don't know if you've seen it or not, or if any of your viewers mm-hmm. have seen it, but it really nails the whole fact that the cat's out of the bag for some of these big tech companies like Facebook and Google, where they, their business model and their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders is to sell your attention. There's no Mm -hmm. wellness in that picture. There's no, we want to make you happier. It's 
we need to monetize your attention at the expense of your happiness, at the fact that teen suicide is at an all-time high, especially for girls, right? Yes. Making us feel worse about ourselves. So these are all these things where I'm like, okay, my company, we vow to always put the user's wellness before profit, right? But if, the, if profit starts to impede with our, our motto of this is good for them, that's going to make them happier, then we're not going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it's so important for us to think about Again, not vilifying video games and technology, but thinking of ways that we can proactively use it for good, as you mentioned. And the research that people love to quote when they say that video games are terrible for all children and also adults, a lot of it's outdated, a lot of it's limited, and you actually find that video games have the propensity to help people grow skill sets and helps to motivate people. What you mentioned, the dopamine hit, dopamine, little known thing about dopamine, people always think about it as related to rewards, but it's also something that relates to motivation so that when you get that dopamine hit, it helps your memory to click in and say, if I do this again next time, I'm going to feel this good again. And that's part yeah. of developing those success habits is that you start to really get excited about the end of the day drink or the end of the day prize that you have for yourself. And Actually, just this weekend, I was just telling my producer and my sound engineer how horrible I am at golf. I do play golf now, and it's I'm not a good at it. But I was it's a dick, gamifying. You know, isn't it? It you is. You get one good is. shot, and you're like, I'm in. Yes. Yes. And you know how that works because that's like the intermittent reinforcement that people love about gambling as well. <laughs> that's right. That's how I feel when I play golf. But I was gamifying it for myself when I was at the driving range. I was like, okay, I can't move on to a different number club until I have three solid hits in this practice round. Then I move on to the next one. And actually it made me so much more focused and I had a much better session than usually when I'm just kind of like bored out of my mind, hitting a bunch of balls at the driving range and I can't even distinguish what happened, you know? So I love that idea of gamifying the process and just, you know, having some joy while you're attaining your goals. Totally. Right. Because it's like, you know, life is difficult, but principles aren't, you know, mm -hmm. it's simple, you know, they're, they're, here, here's a quote that I that I love that ties into all this stuff we're talking about. It's not an exact quote. I, I heard it somewhere. I wish I could give exact credit for where it comes from. But the, the, the basic gist is our knowledge is increasing, is outpacing our collective wisdom, right? So it's like we're mm -hmm. we're gaining all this knowledge and we're being able to do all these things all of a sudden. But just like Stan Lee said, right? If you're a gamer, you know Stan Lee. Uh, with great power, there must yep. come, there must also come great responsibility. So it's like, how are we I love using, that quote. Right? How are we yep. using that power? How are we using it? Just like you said, like, how are we going to, to make sure that we're being responsible and we're not contributing to that stuff where the world is becoming? And then, you know, you, you go on and on with examples. Like you look at the news and it, it reads what it picks up on what you're clicking on. And then all of a sudden you click on an article, maybe you were just curious, right? But mm -hmm. it's not really you or you don't really agree with it. And then all of a sudden you're gonna start seeing more of that stuff. And this is bipolarizing the entire world because then it's like yeah. now all of a sudden, and that's what that, that, that documentary, The Social Dilemma does brilliantly. It kind of shows how easy it is for one person's brain to just go whoop off in mm -hmm. the wrong direction if they're mm -hmm. not careful. So yes, gamifying, making it fun. It doesn't have to be difficult. Life, life is tough. And it's, here's the thing. It's not going to happen overnight. Anybody that right. says, Hey, here's a book for nine 99, just read it and you'll be good. You'll be good. No. Right. They're full no. of it. Run the other way. <laughs> Thank you. It goes back to my equation of life, your belief system, plus your repeated actions, plus time 
equals who you become. The law of compounding. Right. It's one of my favorite principles out there because it's, it's, you can't cheat it. No. You, you've got to work the system in terms of saying, this is where I'm headed and just keep being persistent every single day until you get there. But then you hop into, I mentioned the failure loop earlier. Then you hop into your success loop. And that's when things really get fun. You start building momentum. And for the success loop to get in it, you basically, you take a little bit of action. You have a little bit of success. That builds a little bit more confidence, makes you feel better, improves your mindset. That gives you more energy, makes you want to take more action, right? Mm -hmm. And then you take a little bit more action. You have a little bit more success. And then you're you're in that loop, right? And you're, you're firing on all cylinders. You're working in all of your course. Versus that failure loop I discussed earlier, where it's like, you're not taking much action. You're being complacent. The actions you are taking are hurting you. You feel worse about yourself. You have failure, you have less success. Then you have less, you, you feel worse and then you have less energy and then you want to take less action. And then you're mm -hmm. stuck in this like failure loop. So that's the goal. That's what I help people with. And I just, I'm so excited for all this. You can hear it in my voice. And I just, it's like, I even, me knowing the law of compounding, I want it all now. Like I want the yeah. whole world to see what I see and to know, because I know that once people get this stuff and once they start living, quote unquote, the five core life and living a valued principled life and getting their habits going the right direction, not only are they going to be much happier, but they're going to pay it forward and the whole world's going to come together and we're going to be much happier as, as, a, as a planet. And I love what you're saying because it's not only about making yourself happier, it's about making the world a better place. It's about making the world happier as well. And taking this downward spiral that sometimes we fall to even despite our best intentions and really turning that around and going on an upward spiral instead and being able to share that joy with everyone. And I love the passion that you have for everything that you're doing. I can't wait for your app and all of the work that you're going to continue to do. But before we leave this conversation, I have one last question for you. We started this episode talking also about this concept of happiness. You're a happiness expert. We've talked about how the idea of happiness maybe sometimes is misconstrued. So what would you say, Will, is the most important thing that you do personally to create that happiness in your life every single day? Account accountability. That's it. It's accountability. <laughs> and it's, it's having a system to hold yourself accountable, whether it's an accountability partner, whether it's this app I told you I'm developing. I have my own system that's developed over the years, starting with Ben Franklin's 13 virtues that is now developed into the app. It's currently an Excel spreadsheet, but it's basically keeping yourself accountable on the things that are most important and that you want to make changes. In. What I love about everything that you said is that you work your own system it never stops. It's a process. We do need to think about that process. And while true self-development does take some work and there will be challenges, if you can start to see the obstacles as opportunities and you make it fun for yourself along the way, you're going to be able to turn your life around quicker than you might have expected. So I love your message about telling people not to give up, to really utilize systems, to really improve their life and to develop their own passions, the way that you are so passionate about what you're doing now. That's my wish for everybody listening, that they find that for themselves. So Will, before we say goodbye, I want people to know where they can find you and all of your good work. As we've been mentioning, you have a great self-assessment tool that you have on your website, More Momentum, that's M-O-O-R-E. How else can people keep in touch with you, especially about this app? When is it coming out and when can I get my hands on it? <laughs> yeah, right on. So yeah, on that same uh, website, moremomentum.com, spelled with two O's, my last name, um, there's Gamify Your Life at the top is one of the tabs. And one of the 
uh, one of the choices there is the app. Click on the app. It'll give you a little bit more information on the app and you can actually sign up to be one of those early beta testers. So I expect All right. your name in there um, and you'll get notified when it's when it's coming out. Like I said, hopefully in the next couple months, it's been a, a labor of love over the last several years here. Um, and then also uh, five at Five Core Life spelled with the number five, not spelled out F-I-V-E, uh, our Instagram page. Uh, we've got a, a pretty decent following there and we, we do viral videos that are all just geared at, again, fun, feeling good, kind of like a good newsy type thing. But then we also try to tie in lessons so that you're enjoying it and you're watching something that you would watch anyways, but then you're, there's a little lesson on top of it. Again, using technology, gamifying, reducing the friction to actually kind of help you versus just laughing going, oh, that was funny. It's like, oh, that was funny. Oh, and there's... A- <laughs> pretty neat little lesson in there. And I do uh, these interviews with people. We post them on there and I do five core Fridays and all sorts of fun stuff. Awesome. Well, everybody, you got to check out Will's website, sign up to be a beta tester, follow Will at five core life on Instagram. And thank you for the amazing inspirational work that you're doing. I really appreciate your time today and can't wait to see what you do next. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again. Wow, guys, can you hear the passion in Will's voice? He is so pumped about the work that he's doing, and I love how he is trying to help people and himself in the process, and that he's giving a realistic vision of what self-development is. He's absolutely right. You can't just buy a book for $10, hope that you read it once, and everything changes. It's not true. You have to actually put in the work. But the great thing is Will talks about how you can create these success habits while having fun at the same time. And that brings me to to today's supercharged tips. I have five great tips to share with you today on how you can build success habits for yourself every single day. My first tip is to connect your goals to your values. We all need goals. It keeps us going. It keeps us motivated. But if you don't tether them to your values, the things that you find meaningful and important in your life, you're going to have this phenomenon, what I call the post-goal blues. Once you reach a goal, you're going to feel kind of empty and you're going to be looking for the next thing already. So really make sure before you commit to a goal that it really feeds one of your top five values. And values are not things you can check off. They're not like goals. There are ways in which you want to move. There are ways in which you want to be remembered by people. And they're the types of things that bring you meaning. So some examples of this are community, knowledge, adventure, spirituality, just to name a few. And there are tons more goals out there. On my website, you can actually download a free values card sort if you're not sure what your values are at drjudyho.com. My second tip is to know the function of your bad habits and replace them. Will and I spoke about the fact that these failure habits occur because in the moment they feel kind of good. It helps you to escape a negative feeling or it helps you to just postpone something that you really don't want to do, a responsibility, a task that you're trying to put off. So know the function of why your bad habits occur and make sure to replace the function that they feed you with a healthier habit. So what I mean by this is that if you have, for example, a bad habit of snacking late at night because you're feeling stressed, think about another type of habit that you can do that will help you to mitigate that stress, whether it's lighting a candle, listening to some music, pampering yourself with a cuddly blanket, something that helps you to de-stress so that it serves the same function as that snack for you so that it will be easier to translate those bad habits into good ones. 
My third tip is to be realistic and set time-related goals. I think sometimes when we get an idea in our minds, we just want it to happen now, but that doesn't happen in real life, especially if you're trying to cultivate habits that stick. So be realistic. In general, the research shows that to cultivate a habit that is going to stick with you for a long time, it takes somewhere between three to four weeks. Now, we'll talk about how sometimes a habit will feel really easy to do, and sometimes you might be able to do it in less than a week, but that's not going to happen to all your habits. So just make sure that you have a realistic sense of how long it takes to shift your mindset around these habits. And if you're able to be realistic, then you're not going to be as upset either if you make a tiny little mistake here and there. Maybe sometimes you're trying to do that habit, but you end up doing the failure habit from before. That's okay. That happens to everybody. Be realistic that you might make some mistakes along the way. Do not throw the baby out with the bathwater and keep going. The fourth tip is to use positive reinforcement. And this ties into the whole gamifying approach that Will and I both got so excited about because we're both gamers. But really, it's all about hacking your brain's endogenous dopamine system. Now, dopamine is important for both motivation and rewards. And so it's really important, even as adults, that you continue to reward yourself for a job well done. Sometimes people say, well, what's the big deal? I was supposed to do this project anyway. All I'm doing is meeting my obligations. Yes, that's true. But at the same time, if you want to be able to have some joy in the process, create little rewards for yourself. We'll talk about having a cocktail at the end of the day. For me, sometimes I let myself play some video games at the end of the night. Um, sometimes I'll do a little online shopping. Whatever it makes sense for you in terms of rewards that make sense in your life, put that into place and don't worry about rewarding yourself along the way for even reaching some of your smaller or medium-sized goals. My fifth tip is to start simple and stay consistent. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming if you're trying to change a bad habit that's been around for weeks or years. But if you start thinking that far ahead, you're never going to get started. So start simple. Ask yourself, what is one thing I can do today to start turning this around? And maybe you can't run a 5K if you haven't run in three years, but you can run for five minutes. So start simple, create these tiny goals and stay consistent. The next day, maybe increase it to six minutes. The next day, increase it to seven minutes. Before you know it, you will have long lasting habits that are here to stay, are healthy for you and help you to teach this important lesson to others and help to fuel their motivation as well. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Supercharged Life. If you like the show and want to learn more, follow me at Dr. Judy Ho. And remember to subscribe, download, and tell your friends. And take a moment to leave a review. I do read all of your reviews and they mean so much to me. And today I want to shout out a review from a listener and her name is Sarah. And she says, this is the best self-help podcast out there. Dr. Ho is real and accessible. I enjoy this podcast because she covers real life topics in a real way. So many mental health experts preach and speak in theory. Dr. Ho is genuine in her approach, is compassionate, relevant, and comprehensible. The conversations are smart and engaging. I highly recommend this podcast. Well, Sarah, I truly appreciate you. Thank you for the kind words. And for you listeners out there, if you write me a review, I'll look forward to reading out your review on a future episode. And remember, if you have a question you want answered on this podcast, send me a message on Instagram at Dr. Judy Ho, and I will try as best as I can to get to them in the next few weeks. I'm Dr. Judy, and remember, anytime is a great time to supercharge your life.
This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical, psychological, or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For medical, psychological, or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician, a psychologist, or other trained professional. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.